You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. I am one of the hosts, Nick Filato, joined as always by Chris Flum. And Chris, I am back from my trip traveling Civil War battlefields on the East Coast, and I'm ready to dive into the 2023 NFL Scouting Combine. How are you doing, my friend? I am doing well. I mean, the underwear Olympics are just around the corner. There's not even two weeks left until we start getting on-field workouts and seeing ridiculously athletic humans do ridiculously athletic things. In their underwear, of course. But we're really excited to see what these prospects can offer from an athletic standpoint because once those measurements and those tests are in, then you can really start to kind of finalize the profile of these players. The tape is already in, and I'm not done with all of the players' tape that we're about to go over, but still, either way, regardless, we're going to uh, really have a good picture of who these players are in just a couple weeks. But Chris, first, I think we should start talking about the Giants wide receiver core, because we're only going to be going over the offense combine invitees. Specifically, though, the wide receivers, because the Giants wide receivers for quite a while now, they they haven't they haven't had that true number one guy, right? They had Odell Beckham Jr. He got bounced and the Giants have never really surrounded Daniel Jones with the star studded players that other quarterbacks have at their disposal. So the Giants right now, they have Wandell Robinson, who they spent a second-round pick on. He's recovering from that ACL. Luckily, it seems like it was a clean ACL tear, and he could be ready early in the season next year. Isaiah Hodgins, a great find off the Bills practice squad, was just extended, signed a one-year contract. He'll be back. But then you also have Darius Slayton, Richie James, and Sterling Shepard. They are all free agents. So this wide receiver core right now is not finalized, right? The Giants are going to add a wide receiver, and it could be at pick 25. And there are several, I would say, solid wide receiver options in this draft. I wouldn't say this draft is as star-packed as some recent NFL drafts, but still, several players who can certainly contribute on day one. Yeah, this wide receiver draft is its kind of shaping up to be at least perceived as the weakest in I don't know, five years or so, because it just doesn't have like a Jamar Chase or uh, a Garrett Wilson or a Devonta Smith, anybody like that, guys that are coming out and you just know they are going to be a star immediately upon entering the NFL. Like there just isn't that guy. No Mike Evans, no Odell Beckham Jr. Well, there might be an Odell to come out of this draft. We don't know yet. But nobody you can look at their college tape and say, yeah, that's the guy. So I think that's going to make this kind of a very interesting draft where we could have a run on on receivers early and then maybe a drought and then teams just start having them fly off the board on the second day. 
And it's also going to be important from a measurement standpoint, right? Because if you're, we're discussing a lot of these top wide receiver prospects, a lot of them are sub six foot, right at six foot. There aren't a lot of of those six foot three, six foot four type of receivers. You know what I'm saying? So that's another thing that once you go to the combine, you know, somebody's listed on their team's website at six foot three, and then they measure in at a low six one, which happens every single year. It kind of changes changes your perspective of that player. But let's talk about some of these top prospects, right? The prospects who the Giants may target at 25. So some of the names that we really want to go over, I would say is USC's Jordan Addison. This is a player who played with Kenny Pickett at Pitt, transferred last season to USC. He was the Bolitnikoff winner in 2021. And then another Bolitnikoff winner in 2022, Jalen Hyatt, who was just a pure deep speed guy from the University of Tennessee, Quentin Johnson from TCU. Those are the top prospects who the Giants could be interested in at pick 25. I also will go over this, these guys a little bit later. I think Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State, who's a little bit more of a slot guy, and Zay Flowers, who is down at the East-West Shrine Bowl out here in Las Vegas from Boston College, is another player that we'll go over who could be entertained at pick 25. But where do you want to start there, Chris? Do you want to start with Jordan Addison at a USC? Might as well. Might as well go alphabetically here. And I do also believe that Jordan Addison is probably the best wide receiver in this draft class. Yeah, he doesn't have great size, but as you mentioned, that's kind of that's kind of a recurring theme in this draft class where you just don't have the guys that are prototypical X receivers with, you know, six foot two, 220 pound frames. Yeah. Addison, he'll probably be somewhere around six foot, probably somewhere between 180 and 190, but he is just a very good all around receiver. He is a very good route runner. He's got very reliable hands. He's a great athlete. He's quick. He's agile. He's fast. And I think one advantage that his frame, even though it isn't the ideal X receiver, the, the one advantage that does give you is that he can be moved around your offense. You, know, like you He has the technique to win from an X position right up there on the line of scrimmage, matched up. He can beat man coverage. Or you can move him to the slot. You can play him at a flanker. You could have him running short intermediate routes, play him out of a bunch formation, have him as a ball carrier on wide receiver screens. Like basically anything you would ask a wide receiver to do in a modern offense, he can do it. And Addison is one player that I am itching to get to. I really want to watch his tape, and I'm going to go back to see what he did back in 2021 with Kenny Pickett, where this guy was just uber productive. I mean, 144 targets, caught 100 passes for 1,593 yards and 17 touchdowns, and then he got to play with Caleb Williams this year. He might be the first receiver selected, but it's kind of up in the air and it's kind of pick your flavor because you also have players like Quentin Johnston and Jalen Hyatt, Quentin Johnston from TCU, Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee, who are wildly different players than Jordan Addison, who will likely also go on day one. And I actually had a chance to watch both of these players. So let's let's discuss Johnston and Hyatt and let's start with Quentin Johnston. What do you love the most about him? Do you think he's going to blow this combine up? Yeah, I think of the receivers in this top group, Johnson is the one who is the closest, I think, to an NFL prototypical 
X receiver. You know, he'll probably be the guy who comes in somewhere around 6'3", 6'4", uh, 215, 220, something like that. And he's got speed. He can stretch the field. If he lengthens his stride, he can just gobble up yardage in the open field. But he's also, I think, a little bit more fluid and agile than you would expect based on his size frame, how long he is. And he was a pretty big reason why TCU was able to make it to the championship game. He is just a good all-around receiver. Now, I don't know I don't know that he's a better player than Jordan Addison, but I could see a team looking at him, especially looking at the combine, looking at the way I think he will test, and moving him above Addison on their draft board. You're 100% correct, man, about the fluid nature of him. When you watch him with the football in his hands, he is somewhat upright because he is like six foot four. But dude, he can really stop on a dime and juke surprisingly quick for someone of his size. I had written down in my notes that he would be the ideal fit for a Jason Garrett led offense because he is so quick on those comeback and those curl routes. He does such a good job selling the vertical stem and then breaking back to the quarterback to catch the football. And I don't, and I know we're not just going through our, all of our notes. This is more of a combine preview. There were elements of Quentin Johnston that I am a little bit concerned about. I think he has good overall tracking ability and solid body control, but I do think he's a body catcher. He had some frustrating drops throughout his tape. He had a limited route tree at TCU. So there, there were elements of his game that I was like, I wish he, with his size and his frame and his catch radius, went up and made more contested catches than what I saw throughout his tape, but regardless, he's still going to be a first round pick and he could be the first picks or first wide receiver selected in this upcoming draft. Yeah. And, and then there's also Jalen Hyatt, who, which in our show notes, I was a little torn between putting Hyatt as a top prospect or as a wild card, which we'll get to the wild card after our, after our ad break, because Hyatt, he is the reigning Bolitnikoff winner for 2022. He had a breakout season this year with Tennessee, uh, 1,267 yards. He averaged over 18 yards per catch and had 15 touchdowns this past year. He does have track star speed out there. And I, I, the Tennessee offense is going to be difficult to translate to the NFL just because they're the way they spread the field, the way they play with alignment and spacing is unlike what <laughs> what NFL offenses are able to do, just with the way the field is set up between college and the pros. But I thought Hyatt was a pretty good route runner for the routes he was asked to run. Now, I think the question with him is going to be his size. I would be surprised if he is over 180 pounds. I've seen it speculated that he'll be weighing somewhere around 175 and he could come in at under six feet tall. However, NFL teams love them some speed. We saw Henry Ruggs drafted early. Garrett Wilson's drafted early. Uh, Tyreek Hill has commanded a massive price, both in contract and in trade value. And we saw what adding that kind of speed was able to do for the Miami Dolphins offense. So after the combine, I could definitely see Hyatt rocket up draft wars and be one of these first three receivers taken. 
Yeah, he has elite difference-making speed and explosiveness. But I also don't think he is the most well-rounded wide receiver out there. But that doesn't mean teams aren't going to invest a first-round pick. Jalen Hyatt, Bolitnikoff award winner who has scored 15 touchdowns last year. is a little bit of a one-year wonder, right? Was a first-team All-American. Like I said, just very accomplished in 2022. Josh Heupel's offense where they're aligning wide receivers like way outside the numbers. Just doing <laughs> they're almost one. out of bounds. <laughs> they're almost, almost out, out of bounds. <laughs> almost out of bounds. But when you have that type of speed and that type of vertical ability, teams are going to take risks on you in the first round. And Hyatt, if he runs in the four twos, which he very likely may, then he's going to be a first round pick. But there's still a lot of things that need to be ironed out with his game. Still, speed is speed, and speed is king in the NFL. Creating explosive plays is king, right? New York Giants know that. New York Giants were dead last in creating explosive plays. Can Jalen Hyatt help the Giants do that? Absolutely. But is Jalen Hyatt a complete wide receiver? No. There's still a lot to his profile that he's going to need to prove. But running a 4-2-5, if he goes out there and does it, man, it's going to be really hard to ignore that after all the production that he had at Tennessee. Yeah, absolutely. And you talk about speed being king in the NFL and explosive plays being king. We saw last year defenses switch almost on a dime from playing predominantly cover three over the last couple of years, making sure they always had eight men in the box and being fine with just one deep safety to playing a lot more cover four. And a lot of that was because of how the Kansas City Chiefs and last year the Cincinnati Bengals were able to just take the top off of a defense with explosive plays and defense was were really fine giving up a lot more underneath and particularly in the run game to take those explosive explosive passing plays away from offenses so i i really would be interested to see how valuable these undersized speedsters are in the upcoming draft and Hyatt probably is at the top of the list in terms of that and also really helps your rushing game out too when you can have somebody like that but safety is going to have to pay attention to safeties are going to be a little bit more hesitant come down into the box to fit the run if you're worried about Jalen Hyatt blowing past you so adding speed will always help your offense but just depends on what you want to allocate do you want to spend a first round pick on that and if the Giants are even in a position to do that right now at pick 25 with a receiver like that but that's a conversation for another day so before we get into the next tier prospects and some of the wild cards that we want to discuss Chris let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors here at SB Nation vacations can be tricky you already know how to book flights and hotels but now the only thing you're missing is you know the actual travel experience because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home you need a tool to get the most out of your time away that's where Viator steps in you can book guided tours activities excursions and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. 
Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Already, Chris, let's get into some of these other prospects we want to go over, right? And I'm going to save Jackson Smith and Jigba and some of these other higher profile prospects for a little bit later. But I want to go to these next tier prospects, players who can be selected more than likely not on day one, somewhere in the day two range, who would step in, be a solid number two wide receiver and have a really good role for their offense with the upside. I feel like some of these guys that I've seen with the upside to be number one guys. And let's start that conversation off, I think, with Jalen Hyatt's teammate. Cedric Tillman from the University of Tennessee. This is somebody who had a wildly productive 2021 campaign, but suffered a high ankle sprain in week three last year and came back. I think it was a week nine or week 10 was solidly productive when he came back, but was still maybe not fully, fully back from a health standpoint. And it kind of speaks to his competitive toughness, but we talk about receivers or this receiver class being a little bit smaller, right, Chris? Guys like Cedric Tillman from Tennessee, even another player we're about to talk about, Xavier Hutchinson from Iowa State, they're a little bit bigger, right? So let's talk about some of these other guys. Who do you do you want to talk about Tillman or Hutchinson? Yeah, uh, let's go in with Tillman first because you brought him up first. We just got done talking about Jalen Hyatt. And interestingly, for like the first half of the 2022 season, Tillman was perceived as being the better prospect than Hyatt, but Hyatt hadn't broken out yet. And Tillman had only just injured his ankle and he was coming off that big 2021 season. You know, the reality is both of these guys are talented prospects. They can both help your offense. It's just that, you know, recency bias is a thing and Hyatt is the healthier player right now coming off the big season. Tillman, he's kind of, I, I don't want to say a poor man's version of Quentin Johnston, but they're fairly similar players with the exception of Tillman being not quite as athletic, I thought. I think that's a good uh, assessment. I don't think he's quite as as athletic as, as Quentin Johnston, but you could probably get him much later. And that's where the conversation gets pretty interesting. So I think Tillman is definitely a name, especially if he goes out there and he runs better than maybe we expect. If he runs somewhere in the low four fours, which I don't know if anybody's anticipating that. But if he were to go out there and do that, prove he's fully healthy, then maybe that's a, a name that people really should start remembering because he's not a name that I'm hearing mentioned all that often with some of the other wide receivers that are in this class. And he had a really productive 2021 campaign where he had 12 touchdowns, went north of a thousand yards with 64 catches. So he has that deep, the deep receiving ability, but you're right. He's not Jalen Hyatt. And then there's Xavier Hutchinson from Iowa state who was down there at the senior bowl. Look, he measured in at 6'1", 207. A lot of people thought he was going to be 6'3". I thought that was a little bit of a letdown, but he still has an overall solid size and frame, and I felt like he was really good on those fade passes towards the sideline, doing the whole Amani Toomer thing where he was able to be running with his head over his inside shoulder and at the last second just pivot on a dime and then put his hands out there and make extended catches along the sideline. It's probably where he was used best, in my opinion, was – outside of the numbers along the sideline on those comeback and on those fade routes. What did you think of Hutchinson? Yeah, I like Hutchinson. I I agree him measuring in a little bit smaller than expected, not having that uh, that real big frame where you just have instant separation over, well, most <laughs> defensive backs you're going to face. Maybe not Sauce Gardner or Tariq Woolen, but 
most six foot DBs, a wide receiver who's six three, six four, he's gonna have instant separation. But Hutchinson, he still has a solid frame. Like he I don't see a reason why he couldn't play the X receiver. I, I agree with you. I think he's better outside the numbers. Line him up at the X or as the flanker if you don't want him pressed up on the line of scrimmage, maybe get that free release, either or. But I, I loved what you said about the the way he played those fades, almost Amani Toomer-like. Yeah, that really does speak to his quickness and his body control. And a lot of times, yeah, open in the NFL is not open in college. And it really comes down to being able to flash your hands at the last second, save your move until the last possible instant, and then contort your body to get open around the DB. Like it, if you see a wide receiver with you know two, three yards of separation, he either the DB screwed up or the receiver did a phenomenal job. A lot of times it comes down to the quickness and the body control of these guys at the top of their stems. And that's something Hutchinson does do well. And I think something we might see from him in particular during the field drills at the combine. Field drills and the gauntlet. Those are some of the more important drills in terms of just having eyeballs on and, and how people enjoy them, right? Like I, I always enjoy watching the gauntlet and I do think you can glean some important, uh, important traits from how quick the wide receiver just catch the football, turn, pivot, concentrate, and then bring it in, haul it in. So we'll have to see how some of these guys are able to do so at the combine here in a few couple of weeks. But I want to go over these other guys who I have not gotten my eyes on yet. She Rice from SMU, A.T. Perry from Wake Forest, Jaden Reed from Michigan State, Jake Bobo from UCLA, and Michael Wilson from Stanford. Can you tell us anything about these guys and if any of these guys are going to be combine breakers here shortly? You know, I think A.T. Perry and Rasheed Rice could be guys to really pay attention to at the combine because they're both a little bit bigger, uh, somewhere in that 6'2 to 6'4 range, you know, decent thickness in the frame. They're a little bit smaller schools, SMU and Wake Forest. So I don't know how many people at large have really gotten their eyes on these guys yet. So I, I definitely want to bring them to people's attention and say, you know, when these guys come up, there's somebody to watch because I think they could have a solid size athleticism blend and they're solid receivers in their own right. You know, they, they could be good number two or number three possession style receivers. Jake Bobo is a guy I, again, acknowledging recency bias. I did my report on him very recently, just, just the other day. It hasn't even been scheduled to go up on the site yet, at least as of this recording. I think he is he is one of the biggest receivers in this class, uh, six, four, almost six, five, uh, right around two twenty pounds, uh, on the field. He looks bigger than that. He almost looks like a tight end out there. Uh, the thing that's interesting to me is that he played, he'll be listed as from UCLA, but he played at Duke and his first year at Duke was 2018. Daniel Jones is last year at Duke. So the two of them played together. So th I think that could be a reason to keep your eye on Bobo. Now, Bobo is not, it, he has some speed when he lengthens his stride, like get him in the open field. And he's not exactly a field stretcher, but he can get downfield. What he does really well is he, he uses his routes 
to manipulate defenders. He presses his stem vertically. Every every route he runs looks like a vertical route right up until he breaks it off. He does a good job of working back to the ball, uh, working in scramble drills to get himself open. And he does have very good concentration, unless he has a concentration drop, <laughs> which is kind of speaking out of both sides of my mouth, but that's also kind of the way he plays. He will drop an easy pass and haul in a circus catch. I saw him haul in a tipped row from another receiver, but also drop a slant. So that those things happen. I really like him as like a flanker possession receiver. And then Michael Wilson, you know, we heard from Joe DeLeon. He was the best receiver at, I believe at the shrine bowl and watching Tanner McKee out at Stanford. Wilson repeatedly flashed on tape. Like he's just a dude who knows how to get open. I don't think he's an X receiver at the NFL level, but you can move him between slot flanker. Hell, you could probably put him in motion, move him into the backfield if you wanted to. He's just a, he just knows how to win. And I think that's probably a good, good way to transition to, a guy you want to talk about, Tank Dell, and then get to our wild cards. I think Tank Dell falls into the wild card conversation, if I'm going to be honest with you, Chris, but I absolutely just find that guy so fun. But the Michael Wilson, from the kid from Stanford that Chris was just talking about, another aspect of the combine that's going to be vital to him is injury because he spent a lot of his time injured at Stanford. So they'll have to, the doctors checking all of those injuries, seeing if there's any going to be any lingering effects will be very important for Michael Wilson. But Tank Dell, man, let's just say he's in this wild card conversation because this is a dude who is, what, 165 pounds, right? About 5'9". Yeah. I don't have it right in front of me, but he's not the biggest guy. But when <laughs> I tell you, Chris, and he played in Houston, not a, really a conventional offense, a lot of spread type concepts, right? When I tell you this dude can stop on a dime and has elite change of direction, maybe not Kadarius Tony, but kind of close. It's all throughout his tape, and it is so fun because he can threaten you with his speed right? He can explode off the line of scrimmage, sell you that he's going to be running that vert, and he has enough speed to strike fear in cornerbacks that they're going to flip their hips and start to turn, but he can stop so freaking quickly right on the dime, right? And just turn back, run towards a quarterback, catch the football, and just go. I absolutely love his body control and how he runs, how he maneuvers, how he can juke when the football is in his hands. He's just so damn small, and we already saw him weigh in, so it's not like we're going to have anything more confirmed from from the combine so that's gonna have to be a player that a team is going to need to have a plan for right i'm not saying that he he can't find the football field at a consistent basis and he's only going to be a bit role player because we've seen guys with his profile have success in the nfl but it's somewhat of an outlier right like we've seen deshaun jackson who was a similar size have a wild success in the nfl that's the path that Tank Dell can have. And I just really hope that he kind of does have it on a team that is not in the NFC or on the New York Giants. I, I would love that, but I don't see the Giants going in that direction after selecting Wanda last year. But man, watching Tank Dell's tape just was was an absolute joy to watch. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. So if if I I think if I could if I could summarize your thoughts on Tank Dell, um please, football gods, let him land on the Kansas City Chiefs. Get him oh, to God. Andy Reid. 
that would be something really special if he was on the Kansas City Chiefs or just don't go to the NFC East, right? Like, <laughs> we had to deal with Deshaun Jackson with the Eagles and with Washington. It was, it was very annoying. But Tank Dell, I'm excited to see what he runs at the combine. It's going to be fast. It's not going to be Jalen Hyatt type speed, but it's just that change of direction, man. It's just how he runs routes and how he's able to control himself out of the break is what I really love, right? And that's what I really feel like is dangerous and can exploit defenses in the secondary at the next level. But some of these other wild cards, Chris, are also really fun, right? And I haven't studied their tape yet, but I watch football on Saturday, so I've seen enough of them to know somewhat how they play, right? And we can start with Jackson Smith and Jigba, right? This is Ohio State had an absolutely killer breakout year in 2021. He is was only a slot guy in 2021. He was injured in 2022, which is unfortunate because maybe we would have seen him outside a little bit more, albeit they have studs at the <laughs> at the position there and Marvin Harrison Jr. And they have another guy who's also really good. So he's been surrounded by excellent players. He might not test as well as some of these other guys, but he is just a damn smart route runner who who is going to go onto an NFL team and be an immediate threat out of the slot. Yeah, I agree. Like we were talking about uh, Smith and Jim Smith and Jigba or JSN, you know, before we started recording and we, we just started throwing out some names about who this guy reminds us of, who he could be at the NFL level. And the names we came up with Jarvis Landry, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Sterling Shepard, and Victor Cruz, that is kind of the guy he is. Like he is, he, you can move him outside some, but you're going to want, I think, to protect him at the line of scrimmage. I don't think you're going to want to put him in position where, you know, Jalen Ramsey, Sauce Gardner, uh, any one of these big, strong cornerbacks are going to be able to press up on him and disrupt his route right at the start if you can get him a free release he will probably win yeah i don't think he's going to run particularly fast i don't think either of us are expecting that even leaving aside the hamstring injury that limited him to three catches in three games this past year you know just assuming he's 100 healthy i don't think either one of us are expecting him to run fast uh, maybe not the same as amon Ra's four six but maybe somewhere in the Victor Cruz 4-5 range. But just to understand his breakout season, last year he was, sorry, two years ago, 2021, he was CJ Stroud's go-to option, despite having Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson on the field at the same time. Yeah, of those three, Jackson Smith and Jigba was the guy in that Ohio State offense. So he absolutely can win. He can hang with the best receivers in any draft class. Just the question is, is, you know, he basically didn't play this year. And if he doesn't test well, particularly in the 40, which we talked about Amon Ra and Sterling Shepard and Victor Cruz, none of those guys tested particularly well in the 40. They didn't run particularly well, but all of them had good change of direction, three cone, short shuttle, and fantastic explosives. Uh, basically between a 38 and a 41 inch vertical and right around 11 foot broad jumps all around. So I think that's actually a body type and an athletic profile that we and teams 
probably should be paying attention to. And Jackson Smith and Jigba back in 2021 had over 1,500 yards, nine touchdowns, 95 catches, like you said, on that star-studded Ohio State offense. And we're going to transition to another player who had all the hype in the world, went to LSU, Kayshawn Boutte, who I originally didn't even realize he was in this class because I had heard that he was going back to school. I think he was entering the transfer portal because it wasn't working out with Brian Kelly. And then he said, no, actually, I'm going into the draft. And it seems like there's a lot of star power behind Boutte. There might be, I don't want to say character stuff because I don't want to throw the guy under the bus, but I've just heard that it uh, wasn't always smooth with a guy like Kayshawn Boutte. And he's also never had over 730 yards, 36 yards in his collegiate career. And that happened in 2020. And then 2021, he had nine touchdowns, but only 500 yards. And then last year, he didn't really do all that much. He had 538 yards, which is fine, but he only had two touchdowns and it just didn't seem like it ever clicked for Kayshawn Boutte. So what do you have to say about him and what do you expect from a player like this who, again, is another slot type of guy? 72% of his snaps this season came out of the slot. Yeah, I, I think he might be the true wild card of this draft class where he could just fizzle. We... Like you said, it never really clicked. He never took that next step that everybody was expecting. Like he was a top two or three receiving prospect entering the 2022 season. Like everybody was expecting him in this new LSU offense to just explode and be another Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase type prospect coming out of, come out of LSU, but it just never happened. But when you watch him, he is a fantastic athlete he is just absolutely electric he's got speed he's got quickness he's got agility but again for some reason it just it, it just never seems to translate in a in the way you expect that it should now maybe that's just lsu has been kind of a mess offensively while he was there and you know he's i believe he's dealt with some injuries that happens yeah maybe getting him in an NFL program with a real pro style offense, you know, consistent quarterbacking, all, all those things you need for a wide receiver, uh, any player really to really grow and develop. Yeah. You know, he could be kind of an under the radar player who just explodes. And it's like, how did we all miss on this guy? Or he could wind up being a boss. Like it, I'm not sure there's really any in between with Boutte. <laughs> yeah, he's the true wild card here. Like Jackson Smith and Jigba, I guess he's somewhat of a wild card because he didn't play all that much this year. But I feel much more comfortable about his profile than I do with somebody like Kayshawn Boutte. And I don't even necessarily consider this next guy too much of a wild card. And that's Zay Flowers from Boston College, just a great route runner who, as you have in the notes, and you're correct. And I haven't studied the film, but I've watched enough of him to know that he is just so fun in and out of the breaks. I feel like this player is somewhat of a high floor type of player. You kind of know what you're getting. I don't know what the ceiling quite is, but if you want a, a reliable target who might not be the biggest dude, who is a little bit undersized, but can really run routes and be an asset for your offense, I think that's Zay Flowers. And then I don't really know too much about the next guy, Trey Palmer from Nebraska. So can you speak, Chris, on Zay Flowers, what you think, and then 
round this podcast out talking about Nebraska's Trey Flowers. Yeah, with, with Zay Flowers, like I said, I great route runner. He is just incredibly quick in and out of his breaks. Like everything you said about Tank Dell at Houston, I think you can also say about Zay Flowers, except for the fact that Flowers is a little bit um, tankier <laughs> than Tank because he he measured in at five foot nine, one hundred eighty two pounds. So like he is undersized, and I think that will knock him down draft boards. But he's also a pretty dense dude and he is just tough he is willing to take on contact he's will he will fight you if you get into press man with him like you can knock him off his route but he will just keep coming and i think that there's a lot to like there but i think he is also the type he isn't a i don't want to say he's not a, a plug and play player because he's already a technician as a route runner. And those guys tend to have success very early in their career. But I think Zay flowers like tank Dell, like some of these other undersized receivers who could be slot only, or maybe would have been slot only a couple of years ago. You need to have a plan for how you use them. You know, you, you can't just line him up on the line of scrimmage, get him in ISO routes and expect him to win all the time, every time. Trey Palmer, yeah, I have seen, I've seen a lot of varying measurements for him as far as size goes. I think he's going to be somewhere around six foot, maybe 200 pounds, but he is another speedster. Yeah, he is, he might, he might challenge Jalen Hyatt for the fastest player at the combine or at least the fastest receiver anyway. Uh, he was a track star in high school, had a 10-4-200 meter dash, which I don't know too much track, but that seems fast. Yeah, <laughs> he was explosive <laughs> at school. It was, a, I believe, a five-star recruit for LSU, but he just couldn't get playing time. And as I said with Keishan Boutte, uh, LSU's offense after Joe Burrow left, uh, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, after those guys left, uh, it was kind of a mess for a while. They're just starting to find, a, find their way again. So Palmer, he transferred to Nebraska. He got in that spread offense there and just immediately broke out. This past year, 71 receptions, over 1,000 yards, nine touchdowns. He has He is a kind of a big play machine. Like if you can get him just a little bit of separation, scheme him some separation down the field, he will take the top of a defense for you. And the reason I have him as a wild card is, like we said, speed kills. Speed is king. And having a player who can generate explosive plays like that, even if he was just a one-year wonder, teams will take notice. And they will select those guys earlier than maybe a less athletic technician. Anybody else, Chris, that you want to go over before we get out of here? No, I, I think we've thrown a lot of names at our listeners, and frankly, we're kind of just scratching the surface of this wide receiver class. It, it may not be the most thoroughly talented wide receiver class, but it is very broadly talented. There are going to be a ton of wide receivers at this scouting combine. It will absolutely take them two groups to get through all the 40s and all the field drills, and I'm looking forward to watching these guys run. And you best 
let's believe that the New York Giants are going to be heavily looking at this position early in the draft, if not on day one, then somewhere on day two. But thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Chris and Nick show here on Big Blue View Radio. Please, if you have not done so yet, like, subscribe, comment to the podcast, and head on over to BigBlueView.com where you can find all of our written content. Thank you, everyone. Have a lovely day and take care of each other. The Current Podcast is back with an exciting new season featuring marketing executives from the world's most influential brands. Tune in to hear what's driving conversation in the fast-moving world of digital advertising with unique insights from brands as diverse as Hilton, Instacart, Moderna, Major League Soccer, and more. And in this presidential election season, The Current explores what a national political advertiser like the National Republican Senatorial Committee and a major CPG brand like Hershey can learn from each other. Listen in and subscribe to The Current at thecurrent.com or wherever you get your podcasts. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the <laughs> No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.